Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, we're back at it again. Yes, we are. Yeah, so another day in the podcast room. Yes. Well, it's 92 degrees outside. In the fall in North Carolina. (laughs) So we might as well be in here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners what time it is? It is time to wake up, Jeremy. It is time to wake up. And today, instead of talking about your industry, we're talking a little bit about my industry. Oh, I'm holding on tight. There you go. So so today we're going to be talking about Medicare decisions for the retiring or retired CRNA. Oh, nice. Well, you know, a lot of CRNAs are retiring. I wish I would have gotten the numbers, but it's almost a third of our profession will be retiring within the next five years, I think. It's yeah, something third in tremendous. five years and 51% in 10 years. Oh, my God. And of the 55,000 members. Yeah. I will be in that. You're years. never going to retire. No, what I'm not. I'm not about? going You're to fully retire. retire. I just want to drop back. I thought you were going to say drop dead. I was like, where are we going with this? Oh, God. (laughs) No. Okay. You never know what you're going to do. You've been talking to Pierce. (laughs) All right. So along with us today, we have our Medicare expert, uh, the lady that we rely on for our clients here at our firm, Joanne Ghirardini-Russell. Joanne, we want to thank you for being here today. Welcome. Thank you very much, y'all. Yeah, you we know, practice on y'all. I, I was going to say that. Jo- Joanne is uh, is Michigan bound, and she just said y'all. Yes. You know, I like it. Uh-huh. I like that, it. We practice so. for you all in Texas. We do that for our, our Amarillo people down there. It's hilarious. There so, yeah, you go. we have sixty degrees and rain. So uh, we have true fall weather. Ah, you do have true fall weather. Yeah, hopefully we'll get there. Hopefully we'll have some sort of fall this year. But Joanna, why don't you give us a little bit about your background and uh, your expertise in Medicare? Okay. I came to uh, Medicare probably between four and five years ago after um, I've spent 30 plus years in the insurance industry. Just about every type of insurance you could imagine other than I didn't do any health care. And didn't want to. It just was confusing, and our, you know, I just wasn't even going to go there. But then I actually ventured a little bit into the financial space, and I ended up with a Series 65 and a couple of those licenses. But 
I really did it just to be uh, partaking in client cases, but never had any desire to do that. But while I was in this financial arena, that's when the Medicare thing kind of lit up with understanding how complex it was for people. But the bigger thing I saw was that it just wasn't handled well by any financial office that I saw because there were 25 advisors at this place. And nobody really talked about Medicare, except I will say the financial industry, uh, we believe, talks in terms of, you know, here's your annual health care costs, things like that. And then they're projecting numbers, but and then they're talking maybe long-term care isn't covered. Let's, you know, come up with some solution for that. But what was missing was, you know, the hand-holding, the, okay, do I need to sign up for Medicare? Should I sign up? How do I sign up? When we tell someone just to go sign up, what does that really mean to somebody? You know, how do you handle everything that's not covered? Where do you go? So we just saw this big old niche of nobody kind of doing that very well. There's a couple places in the country that do a good job, but there really are not that many places. So, you know, just the retiring stats that you all just threw out, How? oh my gosh. I mean, we see it all the time. Yeah. So it's mind-blowing, you know, the demand. From- we hear from our clients, you know, when they get to that age, we're right at it. You know, you're flooded with mailers and phone calls, and it seems like you're on a list somewhere that the government releases. You are. You're on the old age <laughs> you're list. On the old age list, and they <laughs> you say, are. you know, here the floodgates open, and every insurance agent in the country and everybody yeah. that sells insurance is going to send you all this stuff, and they've got the greatest thing since sliced bread without knowing who right. you are or what you do or what medications yep. you're on or your situation. It's a complex issue. Mm. Yeah, it is. So why don't we just start at the beginning of this? And Joanne, why don't you just tell us what is Medicare? Yeah, so that's how we start with our clients. What is it? It's it's two components. There's part A of Medicare and part B of Medicare. But essentially, we like to just kind of, I would say, dumb it down a little and just talk about that it's health insurance. I think if we take some of that government-related enigma out of it. it just, just think of it as your health insurance. It's available to you when you're 65 plus in our country. Unless you're on disability, you can have it after 24 months. But if you approach it as health insurance, it's just a lot easier for people to, to understand. So we often will, you know, okay, you're on Blue Cross right now at work, so let's talk about Medicare. It's another option. It's insurance with the government. Part B is the medical portion that you are going to pay a premium for. So you know, it really comes down to an option of looking at cost and coverage. It's just across the board with people. So it's essentially A and B becomes your health insurance. So part A confuses people, but it's free. It covers hospitals, essentially, skilled nursing facilities. And then, like I said, part B is the, the doctor portion or the MRIs, CAT scans, and things like that. And the fact that it comes with a premium sometimes throws some people because some people approach Medicare age and think it's free or they really don't understand the cost that can go into Medicare for the coverage. Yeah. Well, who, who's eligible for Medicare? So when you're in our country, when you turn 65, you become eligible for Medicare. And we'd like to just talk about eligibility because it doesn't mean mandatory. So many people out there think that Medicare is mandatory at 65, that you have to do something. And technically, Part A and Part B are not mandatory at all. The only time somebody's actually going to be enrolled in both parts immediately at age 65 are those that are collecting Social Security benefits. So we just find so many people are just panicked by their friends and their neighbors and their colleagues, and you have to do something. Like this lightning lightning bolt thing is going to come out if you don't enroll in A at least or both parts. And so a lot of people are making mistakes. They're either overpaying for coverage they don't need, 
they're not understanding that that net they, they can like compare it to group insurance, things like that. The other classification of people that can qualify or become eligible for Medicare are people that are disabled. So you can be 32 years old and disabled, and then after 24 months, you are given Medicare coverage should you need that. So those are the, generally the two classes. Anybody with end-stage renal disease or ALS, those are two conditions where people are awarded Medicare rather instantly as well. All right. So you talked about if what if I am still working? What do I do if I'm, I'm still working and I'm 65? Mm-hmm. We had one actually Jeremy's client probably two years ago now. She was still working. And so she called, and it was just really a conversation. So what we do is just a conversation about your health insurance. And, you know, we talked to her and just like, well, what are your options? Well, I can do this. I can do, you know, I can peel back to part-time. Then I get these benefits, and I don't do this. And if I remember correctly, she was a person that we didn't even suggest that she enroll in Part A of Medicare because she was contributing to her health savings account, and she wanted to continue doing that. So people are working longer past age 65 across the country. So those people, some of those people, if you're funding a health savings account, you should not be enrolling into either part of Medicare. So that's a common error we see as well. Hmm. So with her, it just went a couple of years until she finally got to the point where she was going to transition out of her employer work insurance. And then what we do is we coach them how to go get the employer verification forms that we need for them to take over to the Social Security office so that they're not penalized for not having Medicare at age 65. So when you're 65, you really have to just make a comparison of is work insurance good for me, you know, or should I go to Medicare, basically. And then we help that bridge whenever they deem it appropriate to do that. And I think that's a key, and it's worth just kind of noting for our listeners, is that you don't have to take Medicare at age 65. If you're still working... You can keep the insurance that you've got. And because you can it's pick paid it up for later. by the employer. Yeah, it could be paid for by the employer. It could be better coverage. You, you know, you need to make mm-hmm. that decision based upon your particular situation. And, and even on the financial planning side of things that we do and the accounting side, everyone's situation is different. And that's what I like about you, Joanne, is that, you know, you're not out there saying, hey, you need this product. I'm not selling a product and putting you in a product. You're saying, okay, what? Tell me about your situation. And then you sit down, and it's more of a consultative type of approach that we do. We get to know our clients, know the situation, know their medical history. Just like the HSA thing, I mean, you know, Joanne, that, that is something that I don't think your average insurance agent out there selling Medicare plans is talking about. So I think that's a key in this whole thing is this is a planning piece for health care in your retirement age that you can really mess up. Yes. You know, and yes. you bring and, up a good point about those health savings accounts because with all of these new high deductible plans everybody's under, I think those HSAs have just proliferated. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have, we see a lot of clients using them these days. So, And it's okay if you use them. You just have to value, do you, do you want a little bit of free coverage for no cost? Or do you want the HSA, maximizing the HSA contribution? Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, it just, you have to pick one or the other. But we do catch, we'll catch physicians at age 69 who have both contributed fully for four years and they should not have enrolled in Part part A. Mm. So it's a very individualized discussion. And then when you do touch back onto the, the planning angle of this stuff too, is IRMA calculations, just the cost of Medicare. So commonly we at catching these people at age 65, 
are telling the people we have to go through and we, we're discussing with them what their Part B is going to cost them. So a lot of people don't understand that it's income related. Mm. So how Medicare determines premiums is they look back two years at your modified, modified adjusted gross income on a joint return or a single return. And what happens then is we are sitting on the phone telling people like, oh, well, you're going to pay $352 a month per person per month. And they're, they're flabbergasted. And then I can think of somebody recently, he was a GM retiree. He took a buyout years ago and he had it structured in a five-year annuity. So he said, if I had to do it again, I never would have done that. Never. Because what's happening now is that it's feeding into his IRMA calculations in terms of Medicare. And it's something that we can't protest or appeal, if you will. So there's a lot of planning opportunities for you all, you know, at these, with 62, 63-year-olds. And so it's an immense job, and it's not easy, as you know, Jeremy. It's just a, it's a tough thing, but it's just we can't fix people at 65 years old or 66. We can't undo the, the, you know, the income streams from years prior. So there's a lot that goes into Medicare that's not even related to their health insurance. Yeah, Sharon's Sharon's over here. She's got this profound look on her face. But yeah, I mean, your Medicare premiums are directly related to your income. So people need to start Mm -hmm. thinking about this at 63, not 65. They need to start planning for this as soon as possible. You know, when we start talking about retirement, you know, if you want to retire at 65, there are things you've got to do prior to 65 to get ready for it. And unfortunately, these type of things, your average advisor out there is not going to talk about it because they don't understand it. They don't know what they're right. talking about. In this well, area, and if so. an advisor yeah. don't understand it, then the customer, no, <laughs> or they're not exactly. going to understand it either. Now, you talked right. about, uh, you gave an example of a physician who had paid into the HSA for four years. Mm-hmm. And what happens if you do that? You mess up. What happened in that particular case? There's a tax. I understand it's a 6% excise tax. We actually have an HSA expert that we defer to for those kind of questions. But I believe it's a 6% excise tax, he calls it. And our job is just to tell him not to do it. And, you know, the cross-reference, but it slips through the CPA cracks, the financial planners, the average, it just slips through all the cracks. It really, really does. HR. HR is not telling people not to do these things. So so they go um, back and they tax but, what they put into the HSA. Is that Did I understand yeah. that correctly? Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. a, plus an excess yeah. tax. Yeah. Correct. Plus, oh, I thought it was just 6%. Wow. No. Oh, my God. No. So, Joanne, why don't you talk a little bit about, well, first you, you said an acronym, IRMA. What does that stand for? IRMA is an income-related monthly adjustment amount. And what that means is it's essentially, and talk about taxes, Sharon, it's another tax. It is basically telling people that are on Medicare that you're going to pay more because you were successful and you earned more. And that doesn't, you know, go over well for some people when they get to the gate of us because nobody told them that. So that's what I love about the advisors like yourself that, you know, put this planning process into place so that it's not a big surprise when they get there, they understand what's going on. So... When somebody is given that surcharge or that income-related adjustment amount is their nice way of saying it's a tax, they'll get notification of that. So what happens is people will go to the Social Security office out the gate, and there'll be a high-income earner, and then they'll get a letter from Social Security saying, welcome to the system, you're going to pay $135 for Medicare. So they, the consumer thinks that they made it through, that there was, you know, they slipped by, no one caught my tax return. Well, Three days later, they get another letter from Social Security saying, oh, we just looked at your tax return, and guess what? You owe us a bunch more money every month. So they're not going to get away with it. 
However, what we'd like people to understand is if you're talking to us on the phone, you're coming from Jeremy's office and you say, you know, I'm retiring and this was my income, et cetera, et cetera. We will work through that with you. When you tell us you're retiring, we always say, well, let's, let's talk about that. So is your income going to drop down to 150000 a year? If they say yes, then we will help them do the appeal for that IRMA. And what that means is we give them the forms. We talk them through how to fill out the forms. Then they, go, they take that back to the Social Security office. And this is based on a life event such as retirement. So based on retiring or even reducing your hours, a divorce, you know, a deceased situation, that is enough of an appeal, basically, to go back to Social Security, present your appeal. We suggest bringing your letter, maybe a separation letter from a hospital, showing that you are now retired. And 99.9% of the time, the Social Security people will just do a stamp of approval, and then that person's Medicare premium may go from $352 down to the $135 per month, and that's going forward. If somebody does not do this appeal, talk to someone the other day who had no idea she could have appealed it, they do a look back of two years. So the 2020 premiums are going to be calculated based on the 2018 returns. So eventually that income, as you decline an income in retirement, if you do so, it will fall through and adjust naturally, but we help you get there faster. There's no reason to wait 24 months if you don't have to. So So part of our rule and is appealing that. Yeah, so if you had a married couple in that situation, they're going to be paying $200 extra a month for each one right. of them possibly. Yep. So you're talking about mm-hmm. almost 5 grand a year that they could mm-hmm. have if they would have known, they could have basically gotten out of paying for 2 years or saved them $10,000 yes. in retirement just by doing it was the one interesting. Trade. I had a just by knowing that, I had a case recently where the husband was going to Medicare and he got his letter saying he was paying 350 or 400 a month. And they were asking me questions about, you know, the uh, Irma appeal. So I coached him through that. But I said to the wife, because the way she was talking, she's also on Medicare. And I said, well, wait, you're on Medicare then. Meaning she's paying for her, her Part B premium is being paid. And I said, well, then you must be paying the same rate. And she said, I must be. But it's because it's deducted from her Social Security check. She had no idea. Said she'd been paying that surcharge at least 2019, and this was just a couple weeks ago. So, you know, right there, a couple thousand dollars. She has no idea she's even paying for it. Yeah. Well, I'm still stuck at the part where the high income <laughs> earners pay more for their premiums, but yet I've paid more into that system. Welcome to the, the entire to the time. <laughs> oh, and, and oh, by the way, not only are you going to pay more premiums for that, your Social Security, which was a tax in the beginning, is going to be taxed more because you're a high-income earner. There oh, you our go. whole retirement Welcome system is skewed against you know, higher income earners. So, yes, yeah, the Sharon. top level, Sharon, is $460 I'm, I'm, a month. I'm still aghast at that because it would seem that if I paid more into the system <laughs> – Yeah. Fortunately, it doesn't work that way. That's why it takes the planning side of this. There are ways around some of these things, but you've got to know how to do it, ways to set Mm -hmm. things up. And, you know, especially with our clients, because they're all high income earners, they're all, you know, over six figures. This is the kind of planning that they need to do. All right. So now does Medicare, we we know that Part B costs, are there any other costs? There are other costs. So Medicare is designed to pay 80% of a person's health insurance needs. And it's unlike 
when you come out of a group insurance plan, people are used to their group insurance might be a $4,000 maximum out of pocket for the year, calendar year. Medicare is not built like that. So Medicare with the government, once somebody is ready to transition away from the employer space, and this is all presuming they don't have access to retiree coverage and things of that nature. I'm talking about the people that have no option for health insurance. They come back and say, okay, now I need to do Medicare. Can you help me get there? So we've gone through the cost. We've gone through what it is. And then um, we're explaining to them that Medicare is going to cover 80% of your cost. So that 20% is an open-ended 20%. So there is no cost. And I just heard a story the other day. In fact, a person told me her father had passed away years and years ago, but left the mother had to declare bankruptcy because he had no cap to his hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills, which just stunned me because partially an insurance agent could have come along and given kind of a product that would have capped it in terms of a max out of pocket. So it's just mind blowing that people, it's just mind blowing every day to us, which is people don't understand. So anyway, essentially 80% of their healthcare is going to be covered. And then we come in to give them the products, the two product types that can cap that or take care of that 20% that Medicare is not going to cover. And then those two products, either one that a person picks, they will come with their own separate price tags. And then drugs are a totally different animal in terms of medication charges. So you're talking about Medigap policies? Is that what you're talking Mm -hmm. about with the other 20%? Right. There are two choices. So when somebody gets to that choice, we'd like to always, always present to them that there's two choices to handle that. You can do Medigap, which when you go that route, you are just purchasing a policy that's going to supplement original Medicare. There's no networks. There's no co-pays. There's no co-insurance. It's it's wonderful coverage. It's fantastic coverage. Roughly $125 a month for a 65-year-old, pretty well across the country. And then the second alternative is something called Medicare Advantage. And so when we're talking to people, we want them to understand how that works very differently than Medigap. So Medicare Advantage is privatized. It's funded by the government. There are networks. There are co-pays. There is co-insurance. There are rules that come with Purchasing that Medicare Advantage plan from a certain carrier, you have to be careful and and abide by the rules or you can have coverage issues. And then they typically will have a maximum out-of-pocket threshold and premiums for those plans, they really range, but they can literally be zero per month all the way up to, gosh, in Michigan, the top plan is $299 a month. So it really, they take a lot more understanding of how they work. So, But those are the two options and that's where we come in as agents explaining how your two options work and then the carriers and all those discussions and the premiums. So Joanne, you know, I, I heard you say that one client was paying what, four thirty a month or four twenty five, and then you throw that Medigap mm-hmm. policy on top of that. I mean you're at, you know, mm-hmm. five hundred and fifty bucks a month, you add your spouse on mm-hmm. now you're at eleven hundred dollars a month for yes. Medicare mm-hmm. and that's just kind of the start. And um yes. You know, that's why it's so important for our CRNA clients to make sure they understand that there is planning for these types of issues. And why don't you talk about the Med Advantage because, you know, I hear pros and cons for those Advantage policies. Mm-hmm. And the pro for those plans for Medicare Advantage, the pro is truly a couple spaces. In the, in the under 65 market, we will use a Medicare Advantage plan typically because those folks, because they're not yet 65, they can be surcharged a high, high amount if they want a Medigap contract. So we generally give them a Medicare Advantage plan just because of affordability. And if you're a veteran, a veteran, we will give a Medicare Advantage plan because in addition to using the VA system, they can use the private sector, things like that. 
The downside to using the Medicare Advantage plans, they number one, they come with bells and whistles, such as some dental thrown in, silver sneakers, a gym membership, things like that. Next year, they're going to be adding a little bit of home health care situations, and they're just designed truly to get people to enroll because, you know, number one, it's the government funding the program with the carrier. The carriers, at some times, are making a lot of money on these plans. And I will say we often tell people, too, we share our compensation numbers. We are, as agents, pretty well doubly compensated for Medicare Advantage enrollments than we are for Medigap folks. So you just have to be very careful. I had a lady the other day that I want to make sure that when I sign up, I have physical therapy covered. She said, because Medicare doesn't cover physical therapy very well. That's and I said, well, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, when I go to my physical therapy place, she goes, all these people are complaining that PT is not covered by Medicare. And that's not true. So what's happening is that the people are enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan and the rules of the carrier are going to enter that person's world saying, well, you know, you've had eight sessions of physical therapy, you're now done. That doesn't mean Medicare is limiting your physical therapy. Very, very different. When you enroll in a Medigap contract, you are in original Medicare. So if you need 26 sessions of physical therapy, you're going to get 26 sessions of physical therapy and your Medigap carrier is just going to pay the balance. They don't come into your world in terms of rules and regulations. So you just have to know what you're buying and that's our, our big thing. So part of our consultations are we just have to understand or get across to the person what they're really buying and how it works because we don't we don't want that phone call coming back. Well, I didn't know this. Well, I didn't know this could change. You know, that, that kind of stuff. It's just we're not interested in that kind of you know, client relationship on either. So, what else do I need to know after I enroll? Now, obviously, you're there to help, but what else do mm-hmm. I need to know? You know, it's funny. You need to know some of the basic. They're, they're kind of dumb things, and so we do a lot of uh, follow up via email and video and things like that. Because sometimes, when we're talking to somebody on the phone, you can imagine it's like a lot of information. They really aren't happy about having to learn this stuff at 65 or 67 or 68 years old. They're just not. They really, you know, why am I having to start all this kind of stuff now? And we understand. And like we talked in the beginning, they are just hounded by agents and solicitations and all that kind of stuff. So it's confusion. But sometimes it's the funny things that they they get so appreciative of is the follow-up email. Because you've got five moving parts and we give a follow-up of, you know, okay, your, your A and B is coming from the government. You know, your plan G is now with United Healthcare. It's going to cost 120 a month. It's coming from your, you know, your Huntington bank account and it's drafted. So we give a recap. We talk about their drug plans. We every year manage drug plans because that one piece should be managed every year with your Medigap contract. So we're there for that. But the follow-up is just funny. Like, don't forget to use your Medicare card when you go to the doctor. It's just a dumb little things that people don't think to tell you, right? You know, because all of a sudden you're issued a policy and then, you go to the doctor, it's like, well, what do I have to do? Or what if you go and have a procedure done and Medicare is building your old Blue Cross plan from work? How do you handle that? How do you fix it? So that's where we come in with helping with those things. And I will say we've built a library basically of uh, basically canned emails, but they're, you can imagine we, we answer the same questions hundreds and hundreds of times a week. So we've built it like if they're billing their old Blue Cross, like, well, that's okay. We'll send you the phone number, what you, exactly what you have to do. So it's just being that resource for the little silly things that aren't so silly that are just impacting your world. That's so, it. So, Joanne, let's say you're, you're over 65. You've already enrolled in Medicare. Are you stuck with what you've got or can you make changes? 
there's a couple of angles to that. So when, when somebody, sometimes it's they'll hear at one of our sessions and seminars and they'll come back and say, well, I've never heard of Medigap. I didn't know it existed. I wasn't exposed to that. That's a big problem we find with the industry. So those people, if they've been in a Medicare Advantage plan for four or five years and they want to go back to original Medicare, they can if they can medically qualify. And a lot of people don't explain that up front that, you know, you have timing issues with Medicare. And if you don't do things right, if you've got pre-existing conditions, it can really cause you problems down the road. I have a gentleman that this is year number four. We've been trying to get him out of the Medicare Advantage plan and back to original Medicare, but he's been ongoing cancer treatment. So we can't ever find a break. It's not that he can maybe never come back, but he has to have, you know, two, three, four, five years where he's not doing certain things. Or if somebody's going through a knee re, uh, replacement in January, we can't move them in the middle of those things like that. Medicare Advantage plans, they can be moved uh, every year. We're coming up to that October 15th until December 7th. We can move anybody from one Medicare Advantage plan. Let's say their doctor doesn't participate with it anymore. We can get them a new Medicare Advantage plan that starts in January. So that's not a big deal. The big deal is insurability for people that don't understand that it even matters because with the ACA and Obamacare, we're all sort of out of the loop with pre-existing conditions anymore, but they do come back with Medicare. So when you're suffering with something as an early 60-year-old, like I have a guy with MS, he approaches me at 65, he only has one shot to get his Medicare right. So that's a really big deal for he and I to work through. And it comes down to what carrier do you want to be with? Because carriers operate differently, so you got to be careful there. There's plan selections with Medigap. You've got plan C, plan F, what do I get into? My friend said that. So there's just a lot of conversation there. So it's just not as simple as, you know, if you don't like it this year, you can change it next year. Hey, so Joanne. What, be aware of that. Just explain that one more time about the one shot and the pre-existing conditions, because that one shot comes when? That one shot is very important to know that it was. it is when you are new to Medicare's Part B as in boy. It does not mean when you are... 65. A lot of people think it's age 65, and it is not tied to that unless at age 65 you are firing up your Medicare Part A and Part B. So I've had a 75-year-old finally retire off of group insurance. He does not have Part B of Medicare, but let's say he's a fellow with MS. He comes to me, and we help him get his Part B in, in place. He has six months from when he starts that Part B coverage with Medicare itself to go up, approach any Medigap carrier out there and get any plan he wants, regardless of his health. It's a really, really big deal. It's a huge deal. Well, you alluded to your insurance carrier choice. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about that just a little bit more, because I can honestly say I had never heard of this. Yeah, choice. I, I don't want to name any names, and I won't name any carrier names on here, but Choices, it's, it's very it's important to know the history of the carriers, how they operate. There are carriers that what they do is they can close up. They can basically take a lot of business in. They can undercut rates. Let's talk about that. So some agents will just sell based on cheapest price because Medigap carriers or contracts are standardized. So if you're going to go buy a Plan G with us, I could fire up a rating tool and show 35 carriers that offer Plan G. They are identical products like buying a gallon of milk for all 30 different prices. But the carrier that's the cheapest, so there's agents out there will just sell cheapest, saying, well, it's the same, so why pay more? As a consumer, we all get that. However, the cheapest carrier could be someone that just created new business this year. They're undercutting the rates. 
And then what they do is they can shut down their, their book, or sh- we call it a shell. They shut that down. They open it for three or four years. They collect a bunch of business. And then what happens is they don't take any more new business. Eventually, over time, the rates are going to go up in that, that block of business, if you will, because no new participants are coming into the pool. So essentially, you are left with older and sicker people because the healthy people, what happens with a giant rate increase, they bail out of those old pieces of business. So you have to be careful of companies that do that, companies that don't do that. There's a lot of companies that don't do that at all. There's a, a, several that we know of that constantly are just churning that three or four year block. And then you have people that are stuck in it. So we meet people that age 72, they're stuck paying $400 a month and they have cancer. They can't get out. They're totally stuck and they should be paying about $180 a month, most. So yeah. it's out there. So there's a couple carriers we just won't write because of that. And we don't need to. So let's talk about what my annual requirements with my Medicare coverage would be. You just alluded to it just a little bit. Um, and is it like employer insurance that I, I need to look at each year? Help me out here. Yeah. If you have a Medicare Advantage plan, we tell people, prepare yourself to sit down with the booklet and the documents that come out every year and truly spend a couple hours going through looking at your copay differences, your premium differences, making sure all of your doctors are taking them, making sure your networks are this or that, making sure your medication works well with that Advantage plan. Not an easy thing to do. Now, with Medigap being just this little policy that you're renewing, it's much like a home insurance policy. We actually like to just set those and forget those. Get a good carrier. We don't want to be moving those constantly. Again, you have to medically qualify. So for maintenance, for those things, it's pretty minor. However, we always pair a Medigap contract with a drug plan. So the drug plan is the thing that we always have the opportunity to address. And we look at that every fall. Our clients were getting emails from us saying, okay, it's time to look at the meds. And we do that this coming up time of year, because now is our time to adjust. Because the common question is, well, what if I get put on a drug in April? How do I know my plan's the best? So we address that every fall. But eventually, the Medigap folks of ours, uh, and we do a lot of Medigap, and they really just get used to this annual cycle of just ignore it, just keep renewing your Medigap policy constantly, and we'll talk to you when it's time to deal with the drugs in the fall. It's pretty low maintenance. If there's a reason that we have to move everybody, say a, a major increase we didn't expect from a carrier, we'll contact them all and, and move who we can move, things like that. But again, Medicare Advantage, if you have that type of a plan, be very cognizant of the documents that come out in November so that you know your plan is okay for next year. And if it's not, you make the change for a new, to a new plan. Yeah, a lot of information. It's a complicated issue. Um, and people just really don't realize it. And, you know, your average insurance agent out there is, is really not there for your best interest. They're probably there for theirs. And you've got to find people you trust in making these decisions. And that's one of the reasons we work with you, Joanne, is that, you know, you do such a great job. We get raving reviews from our clients. You know, we send our clients to you. And because, you know, we, we do that, there's no cost to that service. So if anyone out there listening wants to have Joanne look over their information or someone on her team, you can contact our office. We'll get you in contact with her. If you're a client or not a client, it's just a, a free service to the CRNA community. And, you know, we'd be glad to help you out with that. Um, anything you want to add to that, Joanne? Yeah, I would say along those lines, yeah, absolutely. We're happy to look and talk and, and approach Medicare is just a conversation. And we really 
try and emphasize doing this before age 65, just so you're prepared, so you're not making mistakes is the biggest reason. Call it 64, 64 and a half, get in our database. We have a chat function with all sorts of ways to communicate with us. We have learning tools galore. We're happy to share with that for no charge. It's not even that you have to learn everything. It's just you have to kind of run your situation by somebody because in 10, 15 minutes, we can ascertain what you probably generically should do. And then it's pretty much, we'll check back in later if this changes or if that changes. So you can avoid so many problems and be, be careful of who you're listening to. I will say, you know, you mentioned reviews. We have a lot of reviews that we're very proud of. Check the reviews, check the reviews of who you're working with and don't rely on somebody that can do Medicare because that means they can write a policy technically because they have a health insurance license. You need people that are, you know, we specialize. It's all we do. We do no life insurance, no annuities, no long-term care. I will say, too, be careful with Medicare is a big draw these days for, you know, people coming into your house. We really say don't let anyone in your house. You don't need to let someone in your house to help you with Medicare. So just be very careful. It's a preyed-upon group of people. We talked in the beginning about, you know, just the harassing phone calls. I talked to someone the other day. She said at least 15 phone calls until she threatened a lawyer. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. So um, it's a frustrating thing. Just protect yourself as much as you can. Go to people. Go to Jeremy. You know, call their office. Just double-check things with him, too. He's a good sounding board for what they're getting solicited with out there. Joanne, we want to thank you for being on the show today. You've been a wealth of knowledge, as I knew you would. And uh, I think even open Sharon's eyes oh, to a yes. few things over here. So you might be getting a call from, from her as well about her. Uh, I'm not that far off from now, that. Now, what she didn't tell you, Joanne, yeah. is that she's going to Yale right now. So her, wow. her project will be a Yale project. So maybe she can cite you somewhere. Wow. In there. Absolutely. Cool would that, be? That, so. would be, that would be good. We just cool. did our whole Medicare stuff. Wow. We're in the health policy class and learning a lot about Medicare, but they didn't teach us this part of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the consumer no, part. That's, that's my whole point is nobody does the handholding piece. Like how do you get from A to Z with Medicare? I had no idea years ago. No idea. You know, so it, it's um, it's mind blowing. It's more than a full time job, but we love it. We love it. So. That's great. Well, you're good at it too. So. Thank you, Joanne. We appreciate it. Sharon, I think that's a wrap. Yes. Yeah, so we want to thank Joanne, thank our listeners uh, for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show, you want to know more or check out our other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review. Make sure that if it's a review that it's positive, number one. And also make sure you hit that subscribe button. Until next time. It's a wrap. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, 
fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny.